Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Janine Ladenbeck, Program Specialist for Business of Design. What you're going to hear on the podcast this week is a roundtable discussion organized by the High Point Market. There are more than 100 designers crammed into a tent, and they've come to hear Kimberly answer questions about business of design and how that can impact their businesses and their lives. It's our first attempt at podcasting live, and we hope you enjoy it. Before we get to High Point, let me remind you about a couple of cool things you'll want to get in on. On May 2nd, we're hosting a Business of Design LA Meetup. It's at the Pacific Design Center in LA in the Kravitz Showroom, Suite B690 from 2 to 3 p.m. To attend, you must register, but it's a free event and there'll be wine and appetizers and it's a chance to meet your peers and ask questions about the Business of Design 15-step project management strategy. On June 14th, we're hosting a Business of Design party in collaboration with Fuego and the interior design community in New York City. You're all invited. And again, this is a free event, but you must register. We're limiting the guest list to the first 150 designers and you won't want to miss out. More details are coming in the next few weeks. Finally, if you'd like to travel with Business of Design, like the 30 designers we took to High Point, then sign up for our Palm Springs Elite Retreat, October 18th through 21st. For more information and to snag one of our last two spots, go to businessofdesign.com. And now, Business of Design, Episode 56. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Mic check, mic check. All right, very good. Welcome to The Point, and welcome to High Point Market. Yay! We're very excited. This is our first round. This is our first um, opening day of market, having this resource here, and we're so glad that you all have come here to figure it out. I'm Ashley Grigg. I'm with the High Point Market Authority. We've been working with Yay, Kimberly for a long time. Ashley. We're glad you're here. Uh, we did design these roundtables to be a really engaging, interactive discussion format. So Kimberly is going to cue that up and we hope you guys will will join in on the conversation and hopefully you'll walk away with some really great business building actionable takeaways. But we know Kimberly always delivers on those. So uh, with that, everybody knows our Kimberly Business of Design. I'll let you take it away. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. We are doing a podcast. If you ask a question and you are in the witness protection program, please use a different name. All right. Uh, and if you're too shy to ask, tell your neighbor. She'll ask for you or he'll ask for you. 
Uh, I'm just going to launch in by saying, hey, everybody, uh, this is Business of Design, episode 57, and we are coming to you live from High Point, which is really exciting for all of us. Very good. And I didn't come alone, as you can hear, and I've got some two amazing speakers who are going to talk a little business of design for the group. But you guys, this is your time. If you have a question, if you have a thought and you want to share it, this is your time. I want to introduce you to Veronica Solomon. She's someone that we know and love at Business of Design. She's from Dallas, Texas. She's an interior designer. She has a huge Facebook following. She coaches people. Um, she's wise and she's generous, and many of you probably probably know her from social media, so you're going to hear Veronica share some of her wisdom. Yay. So thank you. Thank you, guys. And then we have uh, Michelle Vuolo from Visual Comfort. We actually, Maury um, uh, from Fuego was supposed to be here, and he couldn't make it. So Michelle, we met a couple days ago, and we just kind of randomly talked a little bit about what business of design does, and her ears perked up, and she came right over, and she goes, oh, I used to be a designer. I know exactly what you're talking about. And she launched into kind of a conversation from the from both sides of the aisle, being an interior design professional, as well as someone who works in a beautiful company, Visual Comfort, and you deal with design all the time. So just as a general overarching theme today, we thought it could be kind of what can we as designers do better to be more efficient and more effective at our jobs and to be more profitable and to have more confidence. So does that sound like something you guys could get into? Okay, we won't waste time talking about shoes then. <laughs> All right. So why don't we kick things off? Should we, we should start with Veronica because she, she's right here. And Veronica's your journey has been um, starting a business. It was small. You grew it. What, were, what was your aha moment that made you take a step up and, and, and declare, I am a designer and design is my business? What made you do that? It's actually realizing that it's not a hobby. And as much as I was passionate about what I was doing and I really enjoyed working with my clients and loved them the work. Uh, can you guys hear me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I loved what I was doing and I was very passionate about it, but it didn't mean that I shouldn't make money doing it. And I actually came here to High Point and listened to Kimberly speak and I was just like, oh, so you are allowed to make money in this business. So that was my aha moment. You are allowed and it's better if you do, in fact. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Michelle, tell us, if you will, about your experience starting out as a designer and what happened to you. I wanted to say congratulations to all of you for starting a design business. And I think that it's awesome that you guys have already recognized that you need to be here and you need to listen and hear what other people have to say. Work together, work as a team, because you all can learn from each other. And that's one thing that I've learned over time and that get an accountant <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and be creative. You know, I mean, be, let, let someone who... Um, is able to do the numbers, do the numbers for you, start there. Right. And then, and then do what you love. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so this is your time. We want to know the topics that you guys want to hit on. Just shout out something that's bugging you, and we're going to just take it. What's that? Pricing. Pricing, meaning your hourly wage. Why don't we just break the ice right now? It'll take two seconds. Turn to the person to your left and then the person on your right and tell them what you charge by the hour. Take two seconds. Just do it. Just try it. By the really? 200. Okay. 195. Oh, you're different. <laughs> what do you charge by the hour? 105? That's cute. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do better. 150? 175? He's with you. 
What did you learn? What did you learn? Everybody struggles the same way. These two had a conversation and decided that they need to charge a little bit more based on what their neighbors are charging. I have someone over here, and I'm not going to point her out, but I said, what do you charge an hour? She said, 105. I thought that was cute. Like, if you could, if you could charge 105 an hour, do you think you can charge 120 an hour? Yeah. Do you think if you charge 120 an hour, you could charge 160 an hour? Yeah, the clients aren't going to be scared, but 105 to me sounds like I was a little afraid to be more than 100. Where 100 and, am I crazy, right? Where 195 sounds like I know what I'm doing. Now, you actually do need to know what you're doing. That is the second part of it. But if you want to get those luxury clients, they're not looking for the designer who's charging $75 an hour. They're looking for the designer who's $275 an hour or $375 an hour, right? So the best way to think of it, I think, what I've learned is your hourly fee is your brand. Your hourly fee is your brand. So if we're talking about cars and your hourly fee is $105, that's one car. If your hourly fee is $195, that's a different car. And if your hourly fee is $325, that's a different car. Would you agree? What kind of car is the $105 car? A Camry. Okay, a good, reliable car that will get you where you're going. There is nothing wrong with a Camry. It will get you where you're going. What kind of car is $195 an hour? A Lincoln. Okay, a good, reliable car that's going to get you where you're going with a little bit more luxury and comfort than the Camry, right? What's, what's $325 an hour? What? A Range Rover. Yeah, a little more style, a little more like, woo, that's a great car, right? It's, it doesn't matter what you say your brand is. You broadcast what your brand is by all those little things that you do along the way, including setting an hourly rate for yourself. So the next thing I think we should talk about, which is obvious, it's great to have an hourly rate, because I just did some coaching with someone, and she said, I'm $175 an hour. And I said, great, I know what you want to talk about today isn't money, because I know you're making money. And she said, no, I'm not making any money. And I said, well, then there's absolutely no way you're making $175 an hour when you have seven clients. So what's going on besides the hourly rate? If you're, making, if you're saying that your rate is $195 an hour, but you're not making money, what's going on? And I'm going to ask Veronica to comment on that. Well, you're probably doing more work than you're, getting, you're charging for, and right. you're not charging your proper margins on products that you're selling. Probably not selling products. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's what I discovered. She's charging 175 an hour. So when she goes to a party like this and she turns to her neighbor, she goes, I'm 175 an hour. And the neighbor goes, oh, I'm 105 and feels inferior in some way, right? But at 175 an hour, she's charging a flat fee. And what I discovered through a very brief conversation is she's not tracking her hours, she's not logging her hours. So she actually has no idea how much she's making per hour. Does that sound familiar? Do you guys, can you relate to that at all? So you say you're making $175 an hour, but actually you're making $11.22 an hour <laughs> because of the internal negotiating that goes on in your brain. If I tell the clients it took me two hours to find this vase, they will be mad. I don't want them mad, so I will spend two hours to find this vase and I will eat it. 
has anybody besides me ever done that? <laughs> right. Sometimes you can find a vase in 12 seconds at high point. You go into great store, you're like, boom, found that sofa. That was easy. But sometimes we have a job we're working. Where's Kathy and Victoria? I don't know where they are. They're there. We're working on a project right now where we need a chest of drawers that's like, what, how tall? I don't know. It's like 42 inches high, which is not normal. So it's going to take us two or three hours to find that chest of drawers. And I'm going to build a client for every moment of that time because it's not my fault. It's not an object that's easy to find. But when I bill her for the 15 minutes it took to find the whole living room, um, it won't be so bad. Do you know what I mean? So part of it is stating your fee, but then having the courage to actually bill for the number of hours you work. How many people bill for the actual number of hours you work? Put your hand up. So I see a few hands. Those people I probably are making, Gail, yes. You BOD people, where are your hands? Yes. <laughs> Carly, you better. Brittany, you better. Laura, yeah, absolutely. Your new team. Ta those people who had their hands up, you should make friends with them because they can be incredible support to you if you're afraid to do it. When it was my turn to step up and do that, I was terrified. When my coach said I should raise my fee, I fought with her. And I said, nobody will pay me more than $200 an hour. I went from $195. We agreed I was going to go to $225. And I was absolutely certain all my clients would quit. Nobody quit. They just said, OK. That's how that went. So there's nobody holding you back but you. And I know from experience, Veronica, what's your experience with raising your fee? You're, you're right. It's, um, it's, it's kind of a mind thing. Your mind plays tricks on you and tells you that you're not worth it. But the minute you do it, you realize that you're attracting better clients. Um, I no longer get people calling me, um, wanting me to come help them fluff some pillows in their homes. So it's really quality clients. When, when your fee is a little bit higher, you're kind of really telling the time wasters goodbye, basically. So it's, it's definitely empowering in your business. Do you stay just as busy when you raised your oh, rate? Absolutely. Even busier. Even yeah. busier. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting a, a clientele who wants to, what I love about my clients, they don't want to lift a finger. Good, because I don't want you to get in the way. Yes. <laughs> it's just, we're, yeah. not, we're not friends, right? I'm going to work for you. Yeah. And at the end, we're going to be friends. But during the project, I'm, I'm the boss. And we're going to do it my way. And then I'm going to make you happy. And then you're going to call me back, right? I want to ask Michelle, because this is the thing that came up yesterday. We were in the visual, or two days ago, we were in the visual comfort showroom. We had an issue where we needed two chandeliers really fast for a client. So I came in, and I had that desperate look on my face, like, help me. And um, we, we got into a conversation about when you're looking at quality product that is expensive, how hard that is for some some designers to show to their customers. So you fall in love with a chandelier at Visual Comfort, and I'm just completely making this up. The chandelier is $2,000. For whatever reason, you think your client won't pay $4,000 for that chandelier. Like you double the price, and that's going to be the retail price. So you don't show them the beautiful chandelier that you think would be amazing for their house. You spend five more hours looking for a chandelier that's sort of okay. It's pretty good, but it's not as nice as the one you saw at Visual Comfort, so that you can present them with a chandelier that is $1,500 instead of $4,000. So Michelle, what would you say about that? internal conversation that we have. Well, one thing I've realized is that whatever our internal conversation is, what we think is expensive is not necessarily expensive for somebody else. When I have a lamp that I can hardly pick up because it's so heavy and my lanterns are 80 pounds, I mean, 
this is quality and that this is something enlightening is one of those things that stays in your house for 10 years plus. And that's, and that's a conversation to explain to your Explain to your customer why something is more and why they don't want to go to Wayfair and like buy something for $12. There's a difference. And if, they, and if they're going to Wayfair and spending $12, then you're not doing your job. So, I mean, it's really good to spec something and to get it out of your head of what their price point is. A lot of times you have budgets and we recognize that, but you know what? Some things are important. The things that last forever, the things that are going to be in the room for the next 10 years, there's where you spend your money. And, and the thing is, too, this is really important. You know, sometimes we meet a client and they say, we want to do the kitchen, the living room, and the dining room. The budget is $10,000. <laughs> it's not your job to do those three rooms for that much money. Like, we say, you're in charge of the budget. You're the client. You're going to ultimately decide what you spend. My job is to develop a scope of work, which means make a list of everything you want, find all of those things, and tell you what it costs to have all of those things. And if I do that, and it comes to $52,000, you then get to decide if you want to spend $52,000 or buy less. Is that, is that kind of resonating for you guys? Because I see a lot of tired designers running to home goods and trying to squeeze in accessories because they only have $800. Don't bother. You, you can't make money that way. It doesn't look good. It does not look good if you're $195 an hour to arrive at your client's house with bags of home goods, sweating and lifting them into the house. Like, don't do it. Work with quality vendors who make you look like a boss. Can I just, you know, as, as I work with a lot of designers. And, you know, from being a designer myself, I recognize what we, sh what we all struggled with, but with the designers that I've met and the very successful ones, I remember having a conversation about just this topic. And I had it, and I have a, she's, she's a really good friend right now, and she said to me, she's like, I tell them that if they wanna do a living with me, it's going to be this. And if they don't have that money, I don't do that job because my time is too valuable. And the reality of it is, is one thing that I recognized is that when you, when you, what is the word? <laughs> when you lessen that budget, your job is not as good and you don't feel good about the job and they're not as happy. So you're doing a disservice to everybody involved. You guys can all, I'm going to let Veronica weigh in on this. You guys can all use my line that I use with clients. And I'm just going to be grossly generalizing here. And let's say you're meeting with a husband and wife and you show them a chandelier that's, you know, $9,000. Invariably, the husband says, oh, my God, I can just put up a pot light and, you know, whatever. I always tell him, this is like the Italian boyfriend. He's very expensive, but we can't live without him. <laughs> so then they laugh and they go, okay, fine, we'll buy the light. Like, it's sort of shocking how many times if you show them something expensive, they'll go, okay, fine. Because they can see it's beautiful and it will make a difference in the space, right? Yeah, like I always tell my designers, if you don't show the clients, they're not going to buy it. So you can't like show them a $50 chandelier when the room calls for a $5,000 chandelier. They're, they're not going to buy a $5,000 chandelier if you don't show it. Because what we're really doing when we're not um, showing those pieces is you're spending more time finding the cheaper pieces to fit this budget that is unrealistic. And like she said, it's just going to be a, a good end product for anybody. So what I do, just like Kimberly just mentioned, is I 
create the budget for the client because the number they tell you is just any number, not based on anything. We are the experts. We are the ones who work with budgets all day long and we know what things cost. So we are the ones who are really supposed to tell clients this is what this room is going to cost. I always throw numbers out. Uh, if a client tells me I want to spend 5000 in this room, I'm like, well, no, we're going to spend 50000 in this room. And um, if they don't have it, then we'll let's do an e-design or something. I don't know. That's all another subject. But... Um, you have to be the ones to kind of define what the budget is. That's our job to do. Clients don't know what the budget is. Just like I had, I did my daughter's wedding two summers ago, and it was so beautiful. When I was doing the wedding, and they said, what do you want to spend? I had this number in my head, like, you know, I'm just going to make this up $50,000. Well, we spent $100,000 because I didn't know what things cost. And so when the florist said, we can do a whole wall of roses, I said, gosh, that sounds beautiful. And that turned out to be the Italian boyfriend that I couldn't live without, right? <laughs> so give the client a chance to say no, I guess, is the bottom line. Okay? Does that make sense? How, where are we going in terms of the conversation? What do you guys want to know more about or talk about? Oh. Such a good question. When you have cl existing clients, ongoing clients, or repeat clients, how do you raise your rate? So the way that I did it the first time with my business coach, and like I said, I was absolutely terrified. We prepared a very short letter. And Cheryl, I think we actually are going to put this up on the site like in a week. This week, we'll put it up, the, the actual letter. It was so short. Um, it uh, basically said, you know, we value uh, working with you. We appreciate your business. It supports all of our team at, at um, Kimberly Selden Design Group. Effective April 1st, 2009 or whatever it was, our rates will be as follows. And that was it. It took me uh, uh, maybe six months to write that letter because the first iteration of the letter was, we so appreciate your business and we really love you and we're so sorry to do this, but the price of gas has gone up and the price of insurance has gone up and please, oh my God. And then my coach was saying, when you get a, a rate increase from the phone company, do you get a crazy ass letter like that? Like, you do not, you do not get that letter. Um, and so then I wrote, I took, anyway, it got down to like two paragraphs and I, I said, fine, but you are going to tell me what I'm going to say when the clients call to complain. Nobody called to complain. So if it's a client you love and you've worked with them previously and they come back to you and your rates have gone up, you may just have to, I mean, it's reasonable that rates go up and they, they could understand. Just one quick other thing. If it's a client that you didn't like, your rates tripled. Oh my God. <laughs> And be prepared that they will hire you. Yeah. But at least while you're working you for make... someone you're not crazy about, you're making a boatload of money. If it's somebody you love and you know they're easy, you, you have the option to tell them you'll honor the old rate. Go ahead. It's just it's different if it's a person that you literally have birthday dinner with, you go to their house, you stay tight with them. Yeah. Can I jump in on this? Veronica's on it. Um, the way I do it, I'm a little bit more of a wimp. I don't do it like Kimberly does. What I have a newsletter that I send out to my clients every month. And so within that newsletter, I will say my rates are going up, effective April 1st or whatever. And I'm giving you the opportunity to book your next project right now at my current rate. And then so they kind of, I'm easing them into it. So I use it as a marketing opportunity as well to get some new projects in. That's really, really good. I love that idea. That's awesome. But about the friend thing, how many of you have, you have worked for friends or relatives? How'd it go? 
Right. So I, I have had the experience where I've worked for friends or relatives and it went very badly. But that was before I started working in a systematic, organized fashion and using the 15 steps. And why it went badly is because when it was a friend or a family member, I said, well, I'm not going to charge you my regular rate. We don't have to do a paid consultation because I know you. I broke all these rules. And so I created an atmosphere where anything goes. In contrast, over the last decade, I have done homes for almost all my very good friends, and I charge them my full price, not a penny less, because that's how I make a living. If it was, if my friend was a dentist, I wouldn't demand free dental work, right? You, you'd go and you, if you support your friends. Who will you support? So, and what's been amazing about that, every single one of those relationships has come through the renovation and we've stayed good friends. And it's very clear this is Kimberly who's working for you as a designer and this is Kimberly, my girlfriend. So it is possible to do it. You just have to follow the rules that you created. What helps a lot, and Laura has staff for sure, and Veronica, you have people too, what helps a lot is having somebody in my life, like Isoon, who answers the phone. And when somebody, a friend, says, I want to work with you, great, I'll have Isoon reach out to you and set up a consultation. So I don't say, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to charge you for the consultation. I feel really bad about that. I know we've been friends a long time. Like, none yeah, of that yeah. crap, right? It's a business. It's a business. It's how I earn a living. So I'm entitled to earn a living, right? I deserve to earn a living. You guys deserve to earn a living. How many of you work really, really hard and you're just not getting the money that you thought you should get? Okay, a few little brave hands went up. <laughs> Lots more hands are kind of quietly raised, <laughs> raising a finger. Um, okay, so did we kind of cover that? What was next? Yeah. so funny. This question keeps coming up. When do you scale and what were the metrics you were paying attention to? Do you have some thoughts on that? Well, as when, for me, I you mean like increasing your rates and knowing when to... Yeah, well, or hiring? Yeah. Uh-huh. If you're a solopreneur, yeah. how do you have the courage to go and hire someone? And we just had this conversation uh -huh. yeah. as a group this morning, the BOD people, and the answer is this. If you, if you can't afford to hire someone, it means you're, they're not doing billable hours. Uh -huh. So if, you're, if you want to hire someone, if you need to hire someone, make sure they are performing tasks that are billable. And then they cost you zero dollars because you're making money on them. The kind of general rule of thumb is you mark up your staff three times. So if you're paying them $30 an hour, you bill them out as $90 an hour. If you're paying them $60 an hour, you bill them out at $180 an hour. And what a lot of people do is they, they pay someone $50 an hour and bill them out at $50 an hour. Now you have someone you're liable for and is not a profit generator for you. So it's really important that you're prepared to give them tasks that are billable. And for most people, the first hire doesn't need to be an interior designer. Right. It needs to be a bookkeeper right. and, and someone to answer your phone. You need someone to answer your phone because you're, you're like, if you're, if, you're, if you're like me, when I started, I'm at High Point, the phone rings, oh, it might be a client. So I'm like, hey, hi, the Kimberly Sound Design Group, can I help you? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would love a Bloody Mary. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'd love to. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. We'd love to work with you. Tell me about your project. Just hold, hold on a minute, hold on. Oh, my God, we have to go there next. You know what I mean? And so... 
That is a very different first impression from a professional who's sitting at a desk who could live anywhere in the world, by the way. She doesn't have to live with you or even be near you. You never, you don't even have to have ever met her. I've never met Veronica before today, yeah, but she's a great friend of mine because of Facebook and Zoom and all that kind of stuff. So they answer the phone. Hi, Kimberly Selden Design Group. And you have one job when you're on the phone, which is what? The to sell the consultation. <laughs> Don't try to sell designing the whole house. You can't sell the whole house over the phone. You sell a consultation, and then when you get to the consultation, you sell it, the project sells itself because you show up and you have an organized, systematic way of working. So the person who answers the phone has one job, sell a consultation. And the huge advantage of hiring someone who is not you, when the client goes, well, we just bought a ranch-style house in Napa Valley, and we're thinking of blah, 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 blah. What do you think of that? The person who's answering your phone says, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. But Kimberly knows. So let me get you signed up for a consultation right away. Her first opening is January 3rd, whatever. So give me your credit card. It's two hours. It's $800. And right then, if the person goes, $800, she says, wow, we totally get it. There are lots of designers in town. Good luck. <laughs> Seriously, where if it's me, I'm like, well, I know that's a lot, but I have staff, and I went to design school, and I have to pay my association. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> right? So there's a huge advantage to getting somebody else to answer your phone. Right. Absolutely, 100%. So I think that should be your first hire and your second hire is a bookkeeper. And your bookkeeper should be billable hours. What are they doing if it's not billable hours? If they're invoicing clients, if they're looking at purchase orders, if they're tracking, if they're paying visual comfort, that's visual, visual I mean, that's billable hours. <laughs> if the client would have to do the task, if you weren't hired, it's billable. Does that make sense? If you weren't here and the client was going to have to do that without you, without you, it's billable. Okay, so our bookkeeper, we call her finance administrator, and she has a lower rate. I think it's 115 an hour. But all she has to do is like, maybe she's going to work for five hours. She'll say, I spent two hours on this project and an hour on that project and 30 minutes on this project. And she writes it down and we bill the client. And the client doesn't balk at it, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a lower rate than me. Like, it makes no sense that I would do that and charge my time. But what most of us do when we're starting out is we do it, but we don't bill for it. Can't bill for it. Can't bill for that. Can't bill for this. Can't bill. Can't bill for freight and shipping. Can't bill for this. Can't bill for. You can bill for everything that a client would have to do without you, basically. Does that Which make sense? I feel like we're like rushing really fast and like, am I scaring you? Are you afraid of me? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the idea of uh, charging, say, a flat fee for certain uh, things and how that compares to flappies. services that are offered online. You know, we will do your room, your living room for this price, and you can have this package, which is our good, and then we have our better and our best. And you start looking at those, and I'm in this situation now where I'm thinking, well, you know, this, it's like she can go online and get this room, the design fee only, for less than two grand. Yeah. You know, you can drive a Camry and you can drive a Range Rover. They both get the job done, but they are different experience. My customer, I'm looking for the customer, my favorite customers, two working people who are exhausted. Just can't lift, just can't do another thing. Uh, kids and private school and two cars in the garage and they're working flat out and they come to me and they're tired and they say, 
please, could you please just help us? I don't know what to do. That's my favorite customer. My least favorite customer is the customer who says, I've always wanted to be a designer. <laughs> Can we like, can I do it with you? Can I, I was thinking if I could go with you, like, no, call, call Veronica. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would never well, do that. I, I will charge you $100 an hour more if you call me <laughs> to go shopping with me. But you, you have e-commerce. I, I do e-designs. Talk about yeah. what that's like and what the experience of that is well, like. Well, my designs are mostly for local clients, actually, so I don't do a lot of the online good, better, best stuff that you just described. It's basically for clients who do call me out and they really want to work with me. Uh, they really respect what I do and um, they just can't afford the full service fee and so I will just give them a design plan and if they're willing to implement that themselves they pay a lot less of my fees so do, do you find it satisfying do you like doing it I love doing it because it's just like the quick and easy fast money <laughs> okay project so, right so great if you if you want to offer that because you love doing it and you get to like have instant gratification I'm done and walk away that's awesome you should yeah. do it and charge as much as you can for it right but then the experience of a full-service design project is totally different. Right. Think of it this way. You can go online on YouTube and watch a video on how to give yourself a relaxing massage. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Or you can go to the Four Seasons and lay down on the table and let Sven do it for you, right? <laughs> One's a little more expensive, uh, but at the end of the second one, you want a cigarette, you know? <laughs> I don't even smoke. I don't even smoke, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, how do you find information or learn about how to find the job, the biggest job you've ever had? <laughs> and you're kind of like, shit. Okay. <laughs> and, and the husband's like, I want to know how much everything's going to cost. Right. So what you're saying, she's got a huge project the first time. By the way, this is all we do at businessofdesign.com, so I hope you'll find us. Um, but when you go to the consultation and it's an 8,000 square foot house or it's an 800 square foot bedroom, doesn't matter. When the client says how much it costs, the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. I absolutely don't know. Here's what I can tell you. We have 15 steps. By the fifth step, I'll know. And then they're going to say, what's it going to cost to get to the fifth step? We can do that. We can know that. That's what we teach at Business of Design. Those five steps, what's involved, you can accurately gauge what's it going to cost to get to the fifth step. I'll tell you why. Because you do all the work from one to five. There's no interaction with the clients. No interaction with the clients. All the work happens behind the scenes, and we tell our clients, our front end is heavily loaded. We do all the heavy lifting up front, then we do a presentation, then we know how much it costs, and you're the boss. You decide if you're gonna spend 500,000 or 100,000 or 20,000. But what I can't do is do all of that work for you for a magic fairy number that we just made up on the spot here. Like that I can't do. So the key to flat fees is really knowing that you have no idea what the project's going to cost the first five minutes you walk into someone's house. It's pretty unrealistic, right? Yeah. What do you get, and Michelle, what, do, what would you say, because we have you here, what would you say is something that designers could improve on that would be effective for their business? 
when they come into the shop and they say, I need help, what do you, they're usually not asking for what they actually need help with. Are, you, are we talking lighting right now? Like yeah, if, visual what, what, comfort, what, yeah, lighting I mean, for sure. You know, I, I think that, you know, we always have a vision, right, of what we really kind of want. I mean, really, to tap into that resource. Like, so for instance, Kimberly, you came in and you said, we have this light and it's not in stock anymore and I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, well, what does it look like? How does it feel? Like, what's the room like? And, you know, and at that point we're like, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? Um, if you have an idea of what you want, you know, tap into your resource, you know. Um, I mean, the, the, the beautiful thing about visual comfort is that we, you know, we have everything from very modern, traditional, um, you know, so we, 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 we tap into every, you know, to all con different design aesthetics and all of the people, all of our designs come from designers, you know, so they have, they've experienced what you're experiencing, you know, the low ceilings, how do I light this in complete room? How do I get the layers? So, I mean, which I think is an advantage from a designer aspect, which is, I think, part of the reason we're so successful with designers, because we have beautiful lights, and our designers have tapped into what you guys are needing. And, you know, and another thing is, is all of our, all of our finishes match across the board, whether it's kind of southwestern, you know, it's like really southern, or it's really modern. All those finishes just all come together. So it helps to simplify your life, as opposed to going from this vendor to this vendor to this vendor. And who knows those, you know, we all know that golds can be soft or really bright, or, you know, at least you know that, you know, you're going to get some consistency within our product. One thing we haven't talked about in our group with Business of Design on this trip is the fact that if you make close personal relationships with a particular vendor, they will have your back when you need them. Mm -hmm. So I have lots of good vendor relationships. And if we screw up, which we do sometimes, and I call them and I say, I, we ordered the wrong thing. We meant to do this, but we did that. Now we have these two chandeliers we can't really use. What are we going to do? They will go to the mat to help you find a solution and not penalize you. Where if you give only a teeny bit of business to 100 different vendors, they don't know you. And they don't have time for you. So it is worth, like, that's what's amazing about High Point. You can run around and then you can pick five vendors before you leave that you are going to make a relationship with. And once you have a solid relationship with those five vendors, now I can phone Michelle and I could say, hey, I've lost my best resource for tile. Who can I go to? And she knows me, and she knows our company, and she knows our vibe and our aesthetic. And she'll say, you need to work with, you know, David over at so-and-so. So you really, it's the first five. The first five that you make a relationship with and give them as much business as possible. And that will strengthen your discounts, too. You'll, get, you'll make more money because you'll get a better discount. Um, and then use, rely on your reps. Like, we use our reps. They're almost an employee, really, uh, in, in a sense, because we'll call them and say, I'm, I, need to, I need a walnut table that's eight feet long by 48 inches deep. What do you got? And they'll go through all their catalogs, and they'll send us three tables and all the tear sheets and all the pricing. And that took me two minutes of an email instead of six hours in the car going to the Pacific Design Center, right? So put, those, put your reps to work. They'll work for you if, you'll, if you're professional. But they need a floor plan. They need to know sizing. Like I can't, I'm shocked how many designers I meet, oh, we don't do floor plans. What? Because the clients don't want to pay for it. Are you kidding me? So do they want to pay when the table's the wrong size? 
probably not. So no, there's just no shortcuts, but it is possible to, to have business be really lucrative and amazing. How many people would say, I mean, just I'm just my business of design group, how many of you have doubled your fees since you started working with us? Like, that's quite a lot. Have you had any trouble when you doubled your fees? Has anybody been fired by all your clients? Change the clientele. Has anybody, really? You're not, I'm not going to be mad at you if you go, oh, I lost all my business. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I, honestly, we've been teaching business of design since 2005, and we've been online since 2010. We have, we have members in 45 countries. I have never, ever had one person call us and say, you ruined my life. When I raised my fees, I lost my business. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I, there's no fairy godmother coming to take care of you in your business. I'm it. <laughs> so I, I poof, I grant, you, I grant you wisdom and courage, and you need to raise your rate. You just, you just, that's the basic place to start. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so the way that we work in our office, we're th I'm 325, my seniors are 195, the juniors are 145, the, ad the administrative is 110 or something like that. That's close. Clients love that I'm not doing all the work because I'm too expensive. So what happens in my office, I'm heavily involved in steps one to five. Um, and my design team, Kathy and Victoria are two people here. Put your hands up, because they, they, they know way more than I do. Um, these two are also heavily involved in steps one to five. But then steps six to 10, I go on vacation. Or I get coffee for them, yeah. I like, oh, can I help you with that? No, you'll just screw it up. Just go. Just go get us coffee. Um, steps six to 10 are really them, and I stay out of it. Now, they keep me in the loop. If something really big happens, I'm involved. But other than that, um, getting, Kathy, you have to get in to know Kathy, too. Victoria as well, but Kathy even more so. I swear, the roof could fall in, and Kathy would go, wow, the roof just fell in. What are we going to do about that? I, okay, I'm going to call the contractor. We're going to get the roof fixed. Where I'd go, oh, my God, the roof fell in. So Kathy's like, relax. I'll handle it. Why don't you go on vacation? Um, so, it, so my clients love Kathy and Victoria. And in fact, some of the repeat clients go, I'll just deal with Kathy and Victoria. It's okay. <laughs> like they don't, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you finally have systems that your staff can follow and improve on, they will become your best brand ambassadors in the whole world. They, every single person who is on one of your projects either tarnishes or polishes your halo. Every trade who steps in the house, they all need rules. So we have a contract that we ask each of our trades to sign. If you want to work with Kimberly Sound Design Group and you are a plumber, you sign our contract. And the contract was written by my trades. I asked their help in writing the contract. So it's not like bad against them. It's not punitive. It's about being a team and finally producing at the end of the day a quality job that the client's going to be happy about and then hire us again. I think that we're going to have to start wrapping it up as much as I would like to keep talking and hear more from you guys. Is there anybody who's got like just, just worked up the courage to ask a question that they've been sitting on for a long time? 
Any burning desire? Yes. What's your What's my view on putting prices on the website? Uh, Veronica already knows. Do you want to tell them? Well, um, for me, it's been incredible for my business. It's changed the game for me, actually. Um, I don't have people calling anymore asking my price. And so it filters out the, um, the lookers and the tire kickers. It's people who actually are ready to hire me. So pr pretty much everybody who calls me books a consultation at this point because of the pricing on my website. Amber. It's so funny. I don't put the 15 steps on my site, but the other day someone called me for coaching and she said, could you go look at my site? And I opened up her site and it said 15 steps and they were all there. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like, that's cool. I don't, but it's not a bad idea because I'm telling you, when I go to a consultation with those 15 steps, it's the first page of my contract. The clients go, wow, I like the sound of this. It looks orderly. It looks organized. It looks efficient. And it is. It's all of those things. And it's profitable. It's extremely profitable. But clients don't mind you making money. We're the ones that get in the way of us making money. Right. And I agree with putting your price on the website. It, it is self-selection. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if you have a customer who's a luxury customer, and they go to a car lot, and the car lot has Camrys and Lincolns and Range Rovers, they're not going to look at the Camrys. It's just, they're not going to, right? If you're in the mood, if you want to buy a fancy purse... Um, you're not going to go to TJ Maxx to the bins and look for one that's $12. You're going to go to whatever store and you're going to see a purse that's $2,000 and you're going to really think about whether or not you can afford that and then you're going to do it and then it feels really good to do that for yourself. It feels like a different thing. We so appreciate you guys being here. We hope you'll get in touch with us at Business of Design uh, and it was fun meeting some new friends. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.